Hi and welcome to the Real Estate Community Network Podcast. The RECN is where you can network with other real estate investors regionally and nationally, share your memories, connect with others, make new friends with like-minded real estate investors just like you. Now to the podcast with the co-founders of the RECN, Mike Bazadona and Steve Franco. Hey everyone, this is Mike and Steve from the Real Estate Community Network podcast, and we are here today to answer some of uh, your questions. You guys, we do a lot of podcasts, and people always messaging me and Steve about questions, and and we try to answer them, we try to message them back, but we're going to start doing a podcast on some of the questions we get. So, hello Steve, how are you? Pretty good, and you Mike? Excellent. So, I guess Steve's going to take the lead today, this is great. All right. So, the first question that came in is... Should I determine the value of an investment property based on its Airbnb or its rent by the room numbers? Hmm. Um, and that one comes. That one gets very complicated. Obviously, the first question is whether or not Airbnb is legal in your state. Pennsylvania, there are many Airbnbs, but according to my attorney, there's nothing in state law that allows a rental agreement for less than thirty days unless you're a hotel. So Airbnb carpet can be pulled out from under you at any time in Pennsylvania. But they do it. They do it. You could it, do it until someone complains, probably. Right, exactly. And and the same thing with the buy-the-bedroom rental, because people have houses that are in college areas, and they're charging $500 a bedroom and blah, blah. And that's great, except most towns don't allow buy-the-bedroom rental, so eventually that carpet can be pulled. So my advice is you can't buy a property based on its income valuation. Let me, let me give you a better edit of that. Sorry, that was a distracting noise. You can't buy a property based on its income valuation on a buy-the-bedroom rental or an Airbnb rental because that's going to be higher than the normal rental value for the property. So I'm not going to pay you as much as the Airbnb or the buy-the-bedroom rental value looks like it's worth because that carpet can be pulled out. So, um, for example, if a house will rent for $1,200 straight up and it's renting for $4,000 by a buy-the-bedroom or on Airbnb – I might not bring you all the way back to a thousand a month income when I'm doing my income valuation, but I'm certainly not going to pay you four thousand a month if that can get pulled out from under. If it's a legitimate rooming house with license from the city and everything is cool, maybe I can give you closer to that other number. But if there's a chance of it's if it's sort of in the gray area, I can't take that risk. Um, so that that's very important to understand. And of course, that depends where you're at market wise. If you're in a place where it's allowed or whatever, then but, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, so the second question we got was, how do I determine the value of an investment property as a wholesaler? And Mike, I think you, you had a good explanation on this one before. Basically, is the short version of it is if you run the numbers. Whoop. Sorry the, about that. Sorry, the lots of people want to reach us. Apparently, you know what that is? No, that's for to come look at my house that you're selling for me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's the number. Okay. <laughs> So someone's making an appointment. Yeah. All right, hey, cool. You're, you're working at the same time doing a podcast, Steve. Excellent. Multitasking is the way to do real estate. So basically, if you're a wholesaler, and this is going to become increasingly critical as the business changes, as the industry changes, the last couple of years, you could pretty much sell anything to anybody because people were overpaying. That's no longer the case. The people who are going to survive in the off-market investing industry is going to, are going to be the ones that know how to run their numbers. If I can buy and fix and rent or whatever a property, wow, a lot of noises today. Yeah. <laughs> if I can get a property and it's worth buying as the end investor, 
Sorry, let me, let me back that up. Wow. Someone's unhappy. Okay, so the way to determine the value of an investment property as a wholesaler is to find out what the end buyer, what your landlord who's buying it or your flipper who's buying it would buy it at, meaning whether you're using the 80% rule, using income valuation, however you're doing it, what's it worth when it's fixed up, what's the cost to get it fixed up, and that's the number that your person at the end of the chain can buy it for, the person who's flipping it, the person who's going to own it. If you want to wholesale that, you've got to be under that. Because to you know, to put it in real terms, if a property's worth a hundred thousand, and let's say there's fifty thousand and all the deductions to get you there, so it's worth to me as the flipper fifty grand. Then terrific. As the flipper, I can pay fifty. So as the wholesaler, I gotta be under fifty because I gotta deliver it to that person at fifty. If you as the wholesaler sign an agreement at fifty or fifty-five, there's no investor sitting at the end of that rainbow. No. Because there's no room for that. Uh, Mike and I had it with a couple of our um bird dog friends um, last week where we had all agreed to a certain price on a house. I think it was 40 something. And we get on the phone with the, with the owner and he just signed a contract with another wholesaler at 58. And I said, well, that's great. That's probably what I as a broker will list the property for. We can't give you a contract at 58. And here's why the person who signed that contract probably can't complete because there's no investor waiting to pick up the deal at a higher price. So when you determine what the investor who's flipping the job can do, as a wholesaler, you've got to be under that number and pretty strongly under that number to make sure there's some room to play. Yeah, it's really simple. Yeah. Because yeah. you got to remember, your investor has to make really good money off you or why would they deal with you? That's why we, we kind of like use the 70% rule. Um, 80% if it's in a, a better neighborhood, less work. Um, we just know we're going to get our money. And then when we go into an area that's not as great, it goes down to 50%. Yep. You know, but- Real quick, a hundred. If the house is an ARV of a hundred, and we're going to do a seventy percent rule, so I need to buy it for seventy. I need, you know, and then I minus any deduction. So I have twenty thousand to work. I'm at fifty. So me is the fix and flipper. I need it for fifty. I'll put the twenty thousand in work, and then I'll be at my seventy percent rule. Leaves me thirty percent. Yep. If I want to wholesale it, say ah, I don't want to. I don't want to keep this. So I'm going to wholesale it. Well, great. I know the investor I'm going to sell it to. Like Steve, he's going to want it for around 50. So I'm going to have to go to these people, start at 40, maybe get it for 45. I can make five grand. Yep. And that's, you know, that's the way to do it. Exactly. And, and if you're doing a multifamily, especially one over four, over five units, you also want to include the income expense routine and, and what your cap rates are and do your valuation that way. So Because that's what your landlord's going to look at. But the same thing, whatever the landlord's going to buy it at, you've got to be under that and you've got to be comfortably under that. Um, and the other thing in that is when you're doing your wholesale or your off-market contracts, making sure A, your contract is legal, has been reviewed by a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. B, that all deposits are kept in escrow by a title company. And C, that you're doing your disclosures properly, your seller's disclosure as required by your state, which Pennsylvania definitely does. And your lead-based paint disclosure, which for every property in the United States built before 1978 is required. You have to make sure you're doing your projects legally, not only because you want to serve the public properly, but because you don't want any kind of government agency coming to you and having an issue with how you do business. And yes, there are people out there who are going to turn you in. There are people out there who are looking you know, to make trouble. And if a deal goes down wrong, you can bet the buyer and seller possibly might bring some attorneys in the equation. So you want to make sure you're doing your business properly. Yep. All right. That was good. Next question, yeah. Steve. Next question. 
How could I learn about real estate investing? Best answer, call us. (laughs) (laughs) We will hold your hand through deals. We will- Anything you want to do. Yeah. Anything you want to do. We have an office. We love talking. People come here all the time. We train people all the time. Exactly, and you know, and 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 we and we'll hold your hand from the day you get the phone number, the phone number of the seller, right through the deal. Or if you have something under contract, we'll help you dispo it. Whatever, we'll do a yeah. bunch. Even of Even if you want to be a new landlord, you want to buy your first investment property. Yep, you still call us. We'll walk you through. You want to buy right and know what you're doing right from the get go. Exactly, and of course, I'm a real estate broker, so if you're an agent or looking to be, we can definitely talk about that. And attached to that is how do I decide where to invest in property? Sure, or which route to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We, and we could discuss all all situations: commercial, residential. Yeah, commercial, self storage, federal opportunity zone, land, land. You know, capital, um, capital gains. You know, things ten thirty one federal opportunity zones, not not avoidance, but defer deferment. Um, and an investor I was talking to yesterday, he's looking for property up here in Scranton area, and he's he's like, "Well, I just got back from Philly, and I'm not sure where I want to invest." I said, "Well, honestly." Those are two entirely different two entirely different universes. In a major market like Philadelphia, you're going to make a cap rate like four, five, six percent, and you might have a better chance at appreciation. Maybe in a market like Scranton, you're going to make double digit returns on your rentals, and you'll have less chance at appreciation. So where you invest depends on what your goals are, and depends on your tolerance for risk and your tolerance for travel, and not not every market works the same way. You have to understand where you're buying. And when you're virtual wholesaling, it's very important to understand what those communities are that you're working in. Because the worst thing I've seen wholesalers and off-market investors and so forth do is not understand completely the product they're selling. They think that they can be, I have a 3-2 in, in you know Bakersfield, California, here's the price, is all they have to turn over. You have to understand your property and the values in the area in order to properly serve both your buyer and your seller. Um. I guess I guess that's done, right? That was an easy one. Yeah, that was an easy one. Um, the, the The next one was how do I find the right tenant for my rental property? Oof. <laughs> First of all, be ready to screw oh, up a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's got some wonderful tenants. No, my tenants are good. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you had really good luck with tenants. Yeah, they just job. don't open up for you. Even Randy shut me down yesterday. Oh, he did. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I didn't give him quite four, 24 hours notice. He's like, eh. but anyway. I'm sorry. Take that part out. Um, no, it's, it happens. Whatever. But um, the way it, what it comes down to after being a landlord since 1997 and full-time since 2009 is screening, screening, screening. Our process is they will fill out a form before we even talk to them and answer a bunch of questions. Do they make three times the rent? What's their background? What's their, what's their history? What's their landlord history? What's their, what's their criminal history? And if those questions don't look like they're reasonably close to our profile, they don't get an invite. Then we have another conversation with them before, and we find out more about them before we bring them to the property. Then when they come to the property, we have an actual application form and we call every landlord if they don't name their landlords or they can't figure they can't remember who they paid rent to, I don't believe you. I don't believe you don't know who your former landlord was. If you can't tell me the phone number of your employer, I don't believe you. Um, and you have to look carefully at everything. You can't just say, oh, this person showed up with 5000 in cash because that's great. That's going to last you a month or two and then you're going to get burned. Um, you have to be careful on picking them. 
If they don't make three times the rent, they're probably not going to survive because one flat tire one day off work is going to kill their ability to pay rent. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side of that is you have to make sure you do your job correctly. You have to make sure you are following your state law rules about security deposits and how they're handled and can you offer, can you take two months rent and so on and so forth. You also, if you're in one of those sad states that no longer allows you to take a person's criminal background into account, I feel badly for you. And the only advice I have is, as my mother told me, if you think something's wrong, keep digging, you'll find a reason. Um, but your most important thing as a landlord is to make sure you don't put somebody bad in the property. An empty is better than a damaged property. So you want to research and screen your tenants and you want to make sure you give them a good place. I don't care if your rent is 500 a month or 5,000 a month, give them a place they can look around and say, I'm comfortable that this is where my family is comfortable and safe given my income. You know, don't leave them with holes in the walls. Don't leave them with broken things just because they're a cheap apartment. The more you show them respect, the more respect they can show you. We hope. We hope. And there will <laughs> be bad ones. And just that's why when you are investing outside of where you live, finding out what the eviction processes are, like Pennsylvania, Northeast PA, it's a pretty easy show. Yeah, but New York, <laughs> they hold them in there six months, seven months. Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. And and you know it gets very it gets very confusing. Um, depending on where you're at. So uh, just flipping to my other page. Um, so we're done with that question. We're done with that question. I think Good. we pretty much covered it. So um, we're just opening up emails and checking out these questions. So we have uh, we have all these emails, and Steve's just looking through his laptop now. So we're doing this on the fly. Yeah. And uh, that's yeah, it. And I guess the, the the next one is. Can I flip houses if I don't know anything about fixing them? <laughs> and the short answer is you yeah. probably shouldn't even wholesale if you don't know anything. Steve, I don't know anything. <laughs> but you no. have me, so it's yeah. okay. Hey, if you're going um, to pay somebody to do it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very difficult. I mean, can you do it? Yes. yes. Are a lot of wholesalers doing it? Yes. Are a lot of people doing it? Well, there's a lot of wholesalers putting stuff under contract, and since they didn't put it on the right price, they're stuck with it. It's not even selling. And I mean, my, my book is going to be called Fire Ready Aim. I refinanced a property in Boston and started buying rentals out here after having read one book on rentals. And yeah, I've got some really interesting stories of all the mistakes I made getting all this experience. Experience comes from bad judgment. Um, but you have to know, a, you don't have to know how to fix them, but you do need someone to give you accurate repair estimates or some way of determining that. And that's one thing Mike and I can do. If you if you get us involved early enough in the process, we can use the pictures and at least ballpark where the repairs are probably going to be. You can um, you can do the whole business without knowing what you're doing, but you're going to do it better if you do with. You with just people you got to pay people that know what they're doing. Then right, you know I always from day one I brought I paid a contractor. I used to pay a guy two hundred dollars to come just look. Yep. Before I met Steve, two hundred bucks come look and just give me an idea where I'm at. It's the best two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Because I'm thinking this house is great. I'm like, oh, great. Let me just call my guy real quick, make sure he comes down, do a walkthrough. And then I'm wrong. Yeah. And, and, and that, that matters. So he, he this guy saved me many times. Steve has saved me many times. Now I save myself and other people. But yeah, you, know, you learn. And and, and when, when I first started doing it, when I first started buying rentals, I hired contractors and I trusted, well, they must know what they're doing. And then I realized, not so much. I think I got to learn how to do this myself. Yeah. Um, and and I think the I think it's also even if you're virtual wholesaling, even if you're just getting contracts on properties, 
it's worth the 25 or 50 bucks to hire someone locally to walk through the house, take lots of pictures for you, and ask them point blank, what did you feel like when you were in that house? They may not be real estate experts, but everyone knows what a safe house feels like. Everyone knows what a soft floor feels like. When you walk through the house, I paid you. What you know? Did you feel like it was not stable? Not gonna you know? Did everything work? Did it, was it gonna fall over? Getting that firsthand experience helps you understand what it is you're trying to sell. Because they could flush the toilet, turn the faucets on. Yep. Maybe kick the heat on. That's all if they have power and water sure. and stuff. But exactly, and 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 it's also good because when you have that boots on the ground person, then when you have a showing, you can pay them another twenty five bucks to go over there and be a human on a human in the room. Um. So that um, the last question is um, that I, that I kind of wanted to cover was what should a wholesaler make sure they do? And this is a very complicated question because I've seen I googled this weekend because we are launching the Independent Investor Association, which is going to certify wholesalers or does certify wholesalers. And so I started searching for what communities have laws on wholesaling and what don't, and it's a growing number of communities. The sad part is a lot of the gurus still say no license is needed for wholesaling as it's a blanket statement. It's not entirely a blanket statement. What Mike and I are doing now is we're helping people understand what you need to do at a very basic level. And at a very basic level, you need to have contracts that are legal in the community that the property exists in. When you're doing a real estate transaction, it's not the state you're sitting in, it's the state the house is sitting in that matters. So I was doing a wholesale from Pennsylvania on a house in North Carolina and the North Carolina informed me that my Pennsylvania contract wasn't even close to valid for what North Carolina required. So you got to make sure you have that. You got to make sure you have your seller's disclosure and your lead disclosures and you got to make sure you do everything in writing and honestly. Communities like Philadelphia are requiring that you show your seller the comps and explain to them why you're offering less than that before they sign the agreement with you, which makes sense. Be fair and honest. Say, listen, I'm going to do this with it. That's why I can only pay you half of this because I have to do this to make it worth that. And that's the most important thing wholesalers can do. And that's what gets those of us who do it right and also those of us who have licenses the most upset at off-market people is because they're trying to play gray area too much. Too many people are trying to fluff the, what they say, gild the lily Mm -hmm. on it. And they're not being entirely honest. And if you're not honest, you're going to have trouble with people and also you're misleading someone on what could be the largest investment of their lives. So everything in writing is really the key and sharing that proper research with your buyers and sellers. And they're also hurting the people that own that house that are most likely in distress. Yeah. Because that's what, usually what we're dealing with. Exactly. You know, yes, some people need to move quick and whatever. That's a whole different story. But a lot of people, me and you see, are distressed and have to get out now. So they're putting these on the contract. They're never going to sell this darn contract. They're going to hold them up that 30, 60, 90 days. Yep. And then they're going to have to find somebody else. It might be too late. Right. And and I mean, I mean, literally, I'm doing it today. Um, I have to call the woman on the West Pittston house and get, and get a little more time from her. Because our contract says that Friday is the day where we have to either red light, green light. And we aren't going to quite be ready for that. So I have to call her up and say, listen, we, we still want, we do like the house. But... We need a little more time. And I'm making sure I do that before the date comes up. That way, if she says no, I get out and I still get to retain my deposit. And making sure that you also realize that when you're dealing with people and you make them a promise and you don't follow through and they're in a desperate situation, they're very likely to react negatively 
And that negatively could be lawsuit. That negatively could be something less interesting like physical, you know, bad ways. So just be straight, be honest. You're dealing with people's large, you know, big parts of their lives. And I, I think that you should always also stay in touch with the people. Yep. When I put a house on the contract, I call them once a week. Yeah. Sometimes twice. Yeah, exactly. You know, just let them know what's going on. Yeah. So I guess that's, you have any more questions you want to look up here or let's just wrap it at this? No, I think this is a good bunch to get yeah. started on. And we do do these podcasts fairly regularly, almost every week. And we do also have our monthly meetups on the second Wednesday of every month. You're welcome to come to live.recn.us and watch our meetups. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, would, any questions you have, please send them over to us and we'd love to help you with them. And if you do have deals you want to partner up on or, or whatever, we are happy to help you. Yeah. Um, we're always looking for, uh, investors and all kinds of stuff. Investors. If you've got money you want to lend or borrow, we can help you. If you've got deals you found, you want to help tracking them down. If you want to learn the business, we can, we, we, we do training as well. Pretty much however you want to get us involved, we're happy to help. Yep. We're like open book here. That's right. This is awesome. That's All great. right, so that, thank you guys for listening to the RACN podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with my partner, Steve. We are the founders of the Real Estate Community Network. All right, thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you, Mike. All right, See thank you, you everybody, for listening. All right, thanks. Appreciate Bye-bye. It. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the RECN podcast. And if you're not a member yet, please go and sign up today. It's free. realestatecommunitynetwork.com.